I spend a lot of time commuting and sitting at my computer. And because of this, I'm always looking for new podcasts to devour. Bonus points if it's on my favourite topic, true crime. I cannot wait to share a new podcast I have just discovered, Crime Juicy Cocktail Hour podcast. Krista, Kerri-Anne and Becca cover all things true crime, including human trafficking, cannibalism and a favourite of mine, cults. These women take these heavy topics, but with a big dose of humour. Not only that, but these are smart women and they do their research. Each season includes interviews with experts in all aspects of the investigative fields, so you really get a full overview on each topic they talk about. Crime Juicy Cocktail Hour podcast. Listen on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Hit subscribe and leave a review. You will not be disappointed. That's Crime Juicy Cocktail Hour podcast. And now on with this week's episode. California City, California, December 2020. A cold winter's afternoon just before Christmas, and police receive a panicked phone call from a woman. Her adoptive sons had gone missing from the backyard. Two boys, so close in age and physical size and appearance that they could be twins. Police and the adoptive parents searched the neighbourhood, but no sign of the boys could be found. Authorities would later search the family's home multiple times, even digging up the backyard. And then footage is released from a nearby neighbour, and it becomes clear that the adoptive parents' version of events do not align to what actually happened. What's worse, neighbours would then report never having seen the boys, ever, since the family moved there three months prior. This is Oren and Orson's story. It has now been two months since two little boys vanished from their home in California City, 63 days later, and not a single promising lead for investigators. 17's Perla Shaheen in studio tonight with all we know about this unsolved mystery. Perla? Well, there are so many parts to this mystery. A three-year-old and a four-year-old practically vanish on a dark, cold night in California City, around 76 miles east of downtown Bakersfield. The city's 14,000 residents and thousands from across the nation are searching desperately for answers. Here's what we know. Three-year-old Orson and four-year-old Orrin West were reported missing in California City on December 21st. Authorities still have no idea where the boys could be. We questioned multiple people. We've searched multiple places. So at this point, we have nothing that actually shows us or proves to us what happened to the boys or where they're at. Orrin West was born August 4th, 2016. And Orson West born June 11, 2017, both in Bakersfield, California. Orson was born early, weighing only four pounds, spending months in the NICU. Their mother, Ryan Dean, gave the boys their birth names, sincere with a C and classic. Their last name was their father's, Pettis. Not much is known about their time with their mother, Ryan. 
Their birth father has opted to stay out of the public eye and does not wish to be identified. But in early 2018, Ryan left for work, leaving the children with an unknown person. When she got home, she allegedly noticed a change in almost two-year-old Oren's cry. She took him to the hospital, where it was determined his thigh bone, his femur, was broken and twisted. Ryan claimed she did not know what happened. After this injury was mentioned on an episode of Suffer Our Little Children podcast, I did some Google research. This is not an easy injury to sustain. It's not like Oren would have fallen over on his unstable toddler legs or rolled off the sofa. This injury is generally only sustained from a high-impact accident, like a car accident or a contact sport injury. So for Oren to have such an injury, look, it's doubtful, if not improbable, that he did this to himself. Take from that what you will. It's injuries as these that there would be and was Child Protective Services intervention, and the children were removed from Ryan's care and placed into the foster care system. Ryan being ordered to take parenting classes and undergo drug counselling. She refused the latter. This was because she allegedly had a medical marijuana card and did smoke occasionally. The courts refused to accept this, however, and instead, Ryan lost all parenting rights in late 2018. Now, this does not mean she did not love her children. As you will see later in this episode, she never stopped loving them. It's just that being with their mother was not best for the boys at the time. This would be when 34-year-old Trezell West and 31-year-old Jacqueline West would come into the boys' lives. The Wests already had a large family, with two biological sons and already two foster sons in their home. In 2020, that would be six active and boisterous boys under the age of 10. I have half of that myself, and I find that exhausting. I could not imagine how crazy the West household would be, even for the most patient of parents. Add on to that, until September 2020, the family were living in a small apartment in Bakersfield, where space and privacy would have been a rarity. Not only were they living in Bakersfield at the time, but so did their adoptive grandparents, as well as their biological mother, Ryan Dean. Trezell and Jacqueline seemed to be the stability the boys needed. And in April 2019, the Wests officially adopted the boys, changing their names to Oren and Orson West. Now, I have seen some chatter in online Unsolved Mysteries and True Crime forums about their names being changed rightly or wrongly. And I may agree, if this was purely a short-term foster situation... But Trezell and Jacqueline legally adopted Oren and Orson as their own, and the boys were still quite young. From what I have read, it's not unusual for adoptive parents and adoptive children to change part of their names or their names entirely.
In September 2020, the family moved from their apartment in Bakersfield to a three-bedroom home they purchased in California City, California, on the 10700 block of Aspen Avenue. Cal City is located about 100 miles north of Los Angeles, and it's the third largest city in the state of California, with a population of just over 14,000 people, according to a 2020 census. Now, unfortunately, it seems that poverty is an issue in Cal City, with a lot of abandoned buildings and undeveloped land. And just for a bit of a geographical picture here, it's about an hour's drive from their adoptive grandparents and Ryan in Bakersfield. Now, this is the time we usually go into the child or children's personalities, what they liked and disliked. We really don't know all that much about Oren and Orson's personalities, except they were your typical three- and four-year-old. They liked to wrestle each other and had large personalities, with Trezell controversially describing them as being rambunctious. The only pictures we have officially seen of the boys is on their missing persons posters, the same ones we will use for today's episode. Jacqueline will explain this away, as all the photos being on her phone, and the police confiscated that at the beginning of the investigation. But they look like happy and healthy boys, almost similar enough in appearance and size that they could be twins. Unfortunately, a little Sleuth digging on my own cannot find any other photo of the boys after Christmas 2019. So the accuracy of the photos we have seen in comparison of how they look now, we all know kids can change weekly at that age. Who knows? Saturday, December 19th, 2020. Footage from a neighbour's home shows Trezell getting into the family's white van with his family. Four of the children anyway, but not six. Oren and Orson cannot be seen in this footage. They travelled to Bakersfield to do Christmas shopping and then to the children's grandparents' home for a few days. Trezell would later explain this away as Oren and Orson being simply too young to spend several nights away from their parents. And I can understand that as my own children's grandparents are elderly and it's hard enough for them to have several older children at any given time let alone throwing two toddlers into the mix as well. That on its own is not suspicious in my opinion. Monday, December 21st, 2020. The only people home now are Trezell and Jacqueline with Oren and Orson. So everything we will discuss from here on through is the events that occurred as per Trezell and Jacqueline. It would be in the afternoon that Jacqueline would decide to wrap some Christmas presents. Because she wanted to do this without Oren and Orson seeing, she placed the two toddlers outside on the concrete patio to play with chalk. Now, before we continue there, there has been a lot of discussion online about the chalk, and no chalk markings to be seen on the concrete, and if the West had a dog named Chalk. It is true that from the aerial pictures we have seen, we cannot see any chalk markings either, though these are from drones and by no mean a clear and concise view of the concrete. 
it is very possible that there were chalk markings on the concrete patio. However, what we do know is that neither the Wests nor anyone in their family have a dog named Chalk. So we do know that when Jacqueline told the boys to go outside to play with Chalk, we know she was referring to drawing with Chalk on the concrete on the patio. Regardless, the boys were being watched by Trezell, who was fetching firewood. Going back and forth from outside of the backyard through the back gate, then back into the yard into the house with the firewood. The boys being under strict instructions not to leave the concrete area. But I mean, we all know how it works with three and four-year-olds. Heck, kids of any age, really. They really don't listen to instructions well. But it was on one of these trips at around 4.30pm that Trezell would briefly go into the house, and when he came back out, Oren and Orson were gone. When realising the boys were no longer on the patio, he also noticed he accidentally left the back gate open. This essentially allowed the boys to leave the safety of their yard to basically anywhere. This was when Trezell started to panic. It was cold. I was going to make a fire. There's a lot of wood in this area right here next to our house. I opened up the back gate. I'm throwing wood, bringing it inside the house. My wife's inside. She was actually wrapping gifts, so we thought it was a good idea that they, that our youngest two go outside and play with chalk on the, the back patio. Do not let them go on the dirt in the backyard. We keep them close. So I was playing with chalk, and I came in the house. I saw them there. One the house, I came back out, I didn't see him now. I immediately went back in, asked my wife, did you see the boys? She said, no, they should be outside playing with chalk. I said, well, I didn't see them, so I came back outside and I started searching my backyard. I searched the whole thing. I realized that I left the gate open and I panicked, came inside the house, searched the house, me and my wife. Once that I didn't pan out. I got in the van. I looked down the street, most directions. It was getting dark, getting cold. And I got in the van and I hit a bunch of corners. I went down this street. I turned my light on. I searched. I searched. I called their names. Talked to a gentleman on the street on the other side over there. He didn't see me. So then I came home and I told my wife, we need to call the cops. Uh, It's getting dark and I need help. We got to get going. Now, after driving up and down the street and still not finding the boys, this is when Trezell said that his wife Jacqueline contacted the police to report the boys missing. Now, the time frame from when Oren and Orson went missing was about an hour or so when the dispatcher arrived at the home just before 5pm. Now, a neighbour released footage from their home which contradicts this timeline of events, that Trezell and Jacqueline West's story does not match up. Because between approximately 4.12 and 4.21pm, footage shows Trezell in his backyard by that gate, moving back and forth, assumably collecting firewood like he said he was. However, in this footage, he is blocking the gate, or really close to the gate, so there is no way the children could have snuck past him. But also on that footage, we don't see anyone else in the backyard, or in the front yard for that matter. We never see the boys in this footage. At 4.21pm, Trezell goes back into the home. 
we see the lights go on and off a few times. We have to assume that this was when they noticed the boys had gone missing. And then at 3.32pm, we see the van parked at the front of the house and Trezell jumping in through the passenger side seat and drives to go search for the boys. He drives off at approximately 4.33pm. And remember, he tells everyone in his interview and to the police that he searched the entire neighbourhood. He hit so many different corners. He searched the front yard and the backyard This would be when this search takes place. However, from the footage we see from the neighbour's home, we see him come outside and jump straight into the van. He does not search the front yard at all. Look, I had a child the same age as Orson go missing from my home for a short period of time from my backyard. The front yard is one of the most obvious and likely places they could be, along with the backyard and the house. Before you would then widen your search to the whole neighbourhood, you would think you would check those places thoroughly first. But it's clear from the footage, he does not check the front yard at all. So, Trezell jumps into the van and searches the entire neighbourhood, quote, hitting every corner, unquote. Whatever he could do to find his boys, and then he comes back to his house. He does all of this in six minutes. He left in his van at 4.33 and then arrives back at 4.39, six minutes. He also apparently stopped and spoke to another neighbour during this drive, although this conversation has never been verified by this other person. Trezell arrived home at 4.40pm. He got out of his van and stood by a tree in the front yard and waited for the police to arrive. In his version of events, he came home and asked Jacqueline to call the police. But from the footage, he never went back inside to ask her or to ask her if she found the boys. Maybe he called her from the road in that six minutes he was gone when he was busy searching and talking to the neighbour. But I don't see how he would have time for that. The footage also never shows Jacqueline coming out of the house once not to wait for the police and not to search for the boys. Not once. She never came out to search the front yard and the backyard while Trezell was gone. But Trezell does arrive home at around 4.40pm and stands by that tree for 13 minutes to wait for the police, double the amount of time he spent searching for Oren and Orson. I get the whole anxious for the police to arrive and not wanting to miss them or to have them drive past, but for Jacqueline to be inside the house and him just standing by the tree, neither of them are out there to continue to canvas the area to look for them. I mean, it would seem likely that the boys had potentially wandered off for a bit, but it does also seem to be in the realm of possibility that they returned to the backyard or front yard. As a parent, I would believe you would hope that would happen, that after you couldn't find them walking the streets. It all seemed a little off to me. The police then arrived at 4.52pm and we see Trezell jump back into his van to search with the police. But there was no sign of either Oren or Orson. It seemed as if they had literally vanished into thin air. 
It was then the police interviewed the neighbours, and despite initial reports stating the boys had been seen in the days prior to their disappearance, in fact, neighbours had not seen the boys since the whole family moved to Cal City from Bakersfield in the September. That's three whole months. Not only that, but the neighbours were not even aware there were any children living at that house in general. Look, I understand we are in the middle of a pandemic here and everything, but that is extremely alarming to me. Now, it also must be noted that these neighbours were interviewed numerous times since then, and they have since stated that they had seen children playing at the West Home, but they are unable to positively identify any of these children as Oren or Orson West. The police seemed very focused on searching the home exclusively. I find it hard to find reference of wider searches, excluding one in February this year, where Bakersfield Police Department searched a field in the area of Cottonwood and East Pachento Roads in connection to the boys' disappearances. But nothing was found. Why they searched here? Look, all we know that a tip was received. Anything further than that police will not specify to preserve the integrity of the investigation. Look, honestly, the police have done an incredible job keeping what they know under wraps. Usually someone talks either on or off the record. But in this case, everything is locked down. But the searches of the Cal City West family home have been extensive and thorough, including cell phones and computers seized to be forensically examined. The family's white van was towed and aluminol testing completed. The backyard was dug up on one occasion, and then the FBI attended the property in February 2021 using special sonar equipment that sends a signal into the ground to see if anything was underneath. Again, nothing has been found. At this time, Police Chief John Walker said, quote, we have looked everywhere possible in the house that you could possibly look. We have brought in search dogs, cadaver dogs, any dog you could possibly think of, and they have not been able to find the kids anywhere in this house, unquote. And when Police Chief Walker mentioned search dogs, the search dogs were only able to pick up Oren and Orson's scent inside the home. No trace of them outside or in the backyard could be found. Now, when we say scent of the boys could be found inside the home, we don't know exactly what that means. It may have been on some clothing or a toothbrush. It's not necessarily going to be the scent of them playing or running or living in the home. I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that either. Just playing devil's advocate here. And Police Chief Walker backs this theory up saying just because the boy's scent isn't picked up outside the home, that doesn't mean 100% one thing or the other, that this information is hit and miss. And even though this piece of information leads police to believe the children did not play in the backyard as previously stated, they don't know that for certain. This case, for as little information that is out there, it has been taken up by the media and the public, more so than any other case in recent times, to the point where people have been chanting in front of the West's home, where are the children? And as more and more information is released, 
it doesn't paint Drizelle and Jacqueline in a positive light. Oren and Orson have not been seen for going on four months now, and that is the official reported missing date. It could have been as long as eight months since they were last seen, if we're going off neighbours' reports. We don't know, independent of the adoptive parents, when the children were last seen. We would have to assume the other children we interviewed, but this information has never been released. Sadly, the last confirmed sighting of the boys outside their adoptive parents was by their adoptive grandparents in Bakersfield, and it has never been released if this is Trezell's parents or Jacqueline's parents. But the dates of this sighting has never been confirmed, because again, police have kept this information very close to their chest. Quote, Limited information is being provided to protect the integrity of this investigation and ultimately safeguard any facts from being tainted. The public is strongly discouraged from making assumptions of guilt and dissemination of rumour and speculation, unquote. To date, over 50 FBI agents have been assigned to the case, and the Bakersfield Police Department are the governing body on the case. The Bakersfield Police Chief Greg Terry has said, quote, this is where they're from. This is where their family is from. It just made sense for us to take the lead role here, and that's what we're doing. Unquote. The latest information coming out of this case is on Saturday, March 6, 2021. Police searched a field that is located about two miles away from the West Home in Cal City. Now, you know what I'm going to say here. No information has been released as to why this field was searched. What was said was by Sergeant Robert Pear, quote, As far as items of evidence of any value were located, I cannot go into specifics. What I can definitely say is the boys were not located. I think our reaction would be very different if that had occurred, unquote. Now, I think it's time to circle back around to Oren and Orson's biological mother, Ryan Dean. She has been present for the searches and the like in Cal City ever since the day after the boys went missing. Quote, They did something. I feel like my kids are somewhere around here. I can feel it. Unquote. Ryan has been very vocal in the fact that she believes Trezell and Jacqueline are involved or, at the very least, are withholding valuable information from the authorities. I think at this time it's best to direct you to a very well-done interview with Police Chief Walker. We will link to this in our show notes and on our Facebook group. But it runs for about half an hour and details what they can and can't say. What we have said today and reported today, this is just a summary. If you want to hear more from the direct source, he does an amazing job explaining where the authorities are currently at, at least publicly, with the case. What isn't clear from this interview is whether or not Trezell and Jacqueline have taken or refused a polygraph. Again, I say this a lot in these podcasts, but if I was in their position, I would refuse a polygraph too. A lawyer would advise you to refuse a polygraph. 
and you should always retain a lawyer to be present before any police interview. Life lesson here. But what is clear is the remaining four children have been placed into foster care whilst this is an open and active investigation. This is just basic protocol. It does not point to any indication of guilt. So where does that leave us? Are Trezell and Jacqueline responsible for disappearing Oren and Orson West? Now, this may have been either accidental or a cover-up. Or it may have been intentional if the boys were sold into sex trafficking, for example. The evidence into this possibility, we don't know. We don't know for a fact why the boys did not go to visit their grandparents, even just to drop the older kids off. Who was watching them during this time? Now, I'm sure the police know the answer to this, but it has not been released as of this recording. Why did Jacqueline place the boys outside to play while wrapping Christmas presents? It would have been closing in on their bedtime anyway. Why not wait a couple more hours? Why did it have to be then and why leave them outside? Look, no one is a perfect parent and we all make judgment decisions that we shake our heads at after. And I'm sure that Jacqueline may be shaking her head at this decision now. But almost all of these decisions will not have lasting implications. We're not judging anyone here. The only other option here is stranger abduction or a crime of opportunity. We know these are not often, but they do happen. You have listened to our back catalogue here. We have covered too many cases and have far too many on our schedule where the child was a victim of stranger abduction. Just because it's unlikely doesn't mean it's impossible. Now, we haven't addressed it yet, but Ryan does have an alibi for the time Oren and Orson went missing. She was at her home in Bakersfield. She is not considered a person of interest or a suspect. But could have someone seen Trezell walking in and out of the backyard and into the house, with the two boys within grabbing distance. Yes, it could happen. Anything is possible. But heck, two boys with their parents in close vicinity. You would have to be very sure of yourself. I am struggling to wrap my head around that. You could be so easily caught. You are walking into someone else's comfort zone in the daylight when there are other people around. I am not sold on this. It would have had to be more than one person and maybe someone who the children already knew, in my opinion anyway. Oren West was four years old at the time of his disappearance. He may also answer to his birth name, Sincere Pettis. In December 2020, Oren was three foot and between 30 and 40 pounds. He was last seen wearing a black sweatshirt and grey sweatpants. Orson West was three years old at the time of his disappearance. He may also answer to his birth name, Classic Pettis. In December 2020, Orson was also three foot and between 30 and 40 pounds. He was wearing matching outfits with his big brother, a black sweatshirt and grey sweatpants. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Oren and Orson West, please contact the Bakersfield Police Department.
If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you've heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. We are now on Patreon, so if you are able, please become a patron for as little as $2 a month for early release, ad-free episodes, and exclusive content. Thanks to our newest patrons, Donna H., Laurie C., and Danielle O., we really appreciate your support. Research, script writing, hosting and production is by me, Ali. Additional research was by Oniko. Music is by Mayu. Mm-hmm.